Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering Armbar Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Armbar Audio. I'm your host, Tim Farley, and next to me is my trusted companion, John Kearns. What's up, people? Today, we are <clears throat> we have had a very good friend from the beginning days of our podcast journey. He had a podcast called Talking Suplexes, which he has now turned into a blog. He is our good friend, Brandon Montgomery of Talking Suplexes blog. Brandon, why don't you let us know what's going on for the show today? Hey fellas, how are you guys? Glad to be back with you guys. That's true, that's true. We did do a top 10 cruiserweights list a while ago. Yeah, so we'll have to do something else. But uh, this episode, um, we're going to do a fantasy card. Um, so on my Talking Suplexes Instagram page, every Friday, I do what's called um, Face Off Friday through my Instagram stories. And I normally create maybe five matches and just see you know who people prefer between the competitors and i just thought it'd be a good idea you know you guys are great analysts oh thank Um, you thank you over no problem i loved you know when you guys analyze matches because that's not my strong point when it comes to being a wrestling fan i'll be honest with you (laughs) Uh, so i just thought it'd be cool we collaborated and and made the armbar suplex supercard is what i call it yeah (laughs) yeah for sure i mean like Back in the day when when we first started on Instagram, we also did, I also did Fantasy Friday. I, I love fantasy booking, and when you came to me with this idea, I was like, hell yeah. Like, you put together the card. We may have tweaked around a little bit, but it's pretty much the original card that you came up with. And um, so let's let's jump right into it. All right, time to be promoters and analysts, guys. So... Let's do it. The very, very first match of Armbar Suplex Supercard is a ladder match between the Hardy Boys and the Leecher Brothers. Um, who would you guys take and why? Well, are we talking about the Hardy Boys now or like the Hardy Boys of what era? Yeah, I should have clarified. The Hardy Boys of the 2000s. Team Extreme Hardy Boys. Ooh, that's rough. So we got Team Extreme Hardys versus current day Lucha Brothers. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh man, uh, I would and it's love... a ladder match. So like the Hardys are like I think kings that, of a ladder match. Um, Ray Phoenix would do some great things in a ladder match. 
the interactions between him and Jeff Hardy would be amazing. Um, but uh, and Pentagon's a beast, and the Hardys are really smart. But I think when it, what it comes down to is Jeff Hardy's willingness to sacrifice his body, uh, and Matt's yeah. Matt's wrestling knowledge. Uh, so I would have to pick Team Extreme to win this match. As for me, I think uh, I, I just like you said, the Ray Phoenix ladder spots would be in insane. Uh, we saw a little bit of what they can do in the Escalator Day of a Muerte match with uh, them and the Young Bucks. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you want to go nuts? Throw the Young Bucks in on this too. <laughs> Make it oh three. yeah, that'd be insane. <laughs> I mean, we talk about we've we we've talked about matches that don't hit the ground before. I think this would be one of them. The whole fight would be in midair. <laughs> right. I think the fans would benefit from that either way. Oh hell yeah! Uh, but if we're going team extreme hardies, I think just based on history, I think in a ladder match the hardies take it. Hardies. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, just to switch it up, if it's current day Hardys versus Lucha, Lucha Brothers, Lucha Brothers, Lucha. all right, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, both of you guys pick the Hardy boys for that one, yeah, all right. So, this, uh, I'm a Lucha Brothers mark, but I mean, we like are too, <laughs> like you said, it, it's hard to go against the guys who. Didn't originate the ladder match, but they definitely made the ladder match and TLC matches what we know it to be today. Um, and that, that's tied to their legacy, so you you just got to pick them at at this yeah. point. Right, right. All right, so second match on the card, um, courtesy of Tim, will be a pure rules match under the ROH rules. And it is Tracy Williams versus Tyson Kidd. Tell you what, it's a, it would be a damn good match, a damn good match, and I really missed seeing Tyson wrestle. Um, yeah, I I miss Tyson a lot. I think I think Tyson would thrive under a pure rules match, uh, being uh, you know in the Hart family and such. Yeah, um, Tracy Williams has something to prove though. So, and he is a member of the foundation. So, I would say that everybody's rope breaks would be used up. Both of them would use their warning punch. It would come down to the nitty gritty. And, uh, you know, maybe Natalia runs down. Maybe Rhett Titus runs down. And, you know, we're on the verge of a, you know, are they going to interfere because they could get fired type deal? I mean, like, this is, this is like everything, pushing the pure rules to its limit. And, uh, eventually Tracy Williams gets the best of Tyson Kidd. Okay. Based off the interference or just? 
just, just in general, because people know who Tyson Kidd is. People people would re would recognize him right away, and some people would be like, "Who's Tracy Williams?" So I think Tracy Williams would have more of a fire to win this match. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay, I think based on everything you said, um, I could definitely see why you would pick Tracy Williams, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Tyson Kidd because of the heart dungeon training. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. I mean, you got a guy in Tyson Kidd who um, was always touted as the ultimate workhorse, uh, a submission guy, a striker, like, he can do everything. Yeah. And I think submission would be the way that this match would end. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> for sure. So, let me just ask you guys. If Tyson hadn't had that injury, where do you think he would be right now in the WWE roster? He would be Intercontinental Champion right now. Okay. I, I, I think so. Mm. He'd be mixing it up with Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, um... I could totally see him kind of gatekeeping Edge coming back, having that be an early feud for Edge after his return. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. He I could even be on NXT. That That's another thing. I mean, they, they brought him back to NXT for a little bit there near the end, which was fun. Uh, he always has a connection to Cesaro, so they could do feuds or tag teams with him but he'd definitely be an upper mid carter and and i can't lie if he was not retired i'd love to see him on AEW mixing it up with jungle boy and mjf and all them <clears throat> yeah i didn't even think about that mm -hmm. definitely one that I, I mean with today's medicine you never know he could come back but hey you, daniel knows? bryan edge he has said that he, he really can... enjoys the role that he's in now. Yeah. What is he doing now? Uh, I think he's an agent. That makes sense. I mean... He's probably, hey, he had a big hand in the women's division, right? I think I heard. I think so, too, yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Talented guy. Um, the next match on the card... Well, who are you choosing? Oh, uh, I'll take Tracy. All right. Um, next on the card, Bianca Belair versus Sadie Gibbs. Alright, so, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know much of Sadie Gibbs. Uh, I don't either, really. Uh, but I, I don't know anything. I'm shocked about that. I did watch some clips, and I understand why you put this match together. But, I think... Bianca Belair would win, even if I knew a lot about Sadie Gibbs, based on experience, uh, tenure, and um, her background. Uh, Bianca Belair, um, I don't know her shoot name, but she seems to be successful at everything that she does. Um, they did that combine at the at the performance center, and she was on top of everything. Yeah, she's 
she graduated from university and she was, you know, uh, she did well in athletics and all those things. But Sadie Gibbs is a gymnast and I think a power lifter. And she has had, uh, she has wrestled in Japan, which kind of, kind of is, uh, uh, gives her an edge. But, um, yeah, Bianca, Bianca's the EST. And that's why she wins. Okay. Yeah, especially currently, Bianca Belair. I mean, she's on top of the world right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Sadie Gibbs ain't nowhere to be found. Not really. She got she, dropped from AEW, and she hasn't even she hasn't resurfaced. Yeah, I don't think. I haven't seen her since that since her couple appearances on AEW. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I'm gonna have to also pick Bianca Belair. Okay. Um. For my pick, I would pick Bianca as well, just because I think they have similar move sets. Um, Sadie has more of that Lutra-inspired style, um, but I just think Bianca is a better overall talent. Um, yeah. As far as personality, wrestling, strength, um, so I would have to go with Bianca there. But if Sadie had moved to America before. COVID hit and everything got shut down. How do you think she would have fared in the AEW's women's division? I think she'd be one of the top names. Yeah, I think so too. I think she'd be right up there with Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker. Um, we got Abaddon now. She'd uh, uh, she'd probably she'd probably go far in this women's eliminator tournament that they that they're going to be starting. Yep. <clears throat> So just a case of bad timing for her. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Because none of it was her fault. They had they they built her up before she got there. And I and and I'll say that too. None of it was none of it was Sadie's fault and none of it was AW's fault. Just what she what they announced it. Well no, she showed up at uh did she show up at Revolution last year? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I know she did a handful of matches before they signed her, and and from what I heard, she was in the process of moving to America. And then, yeah, yeah, she had COVID she, hit. she had she had a couple dynamite showings, and she had she had a handful of matches on, on AEW Dark as well. <clears throat> so maybe once things get better, borders start opening up, and everything's safe, they they may bring her back. I think um, they definitely will. Like I I one hundred percent think that they will. I think this will be part of that roster. All right, and then they could use it, honestly. Mm -hmm. They could use a talent like her. Yeah. I can't hey, wait for Chris Statlander to come back. Definitely, and yeah. it looks like she's getting close. We'll see. Uh, next on the card, Scott Norton versus Jacob Fatu. All right. Scott Norton's one of the greatest gaijins ever. Uh, some people may know him from his later years in the NWO, but the guy was a That's big, what I know tough. But I know of the Japan stuff. Uh, but Jacob Fatu is our boy. He is our boy. Number one. He's our oos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it would be a it'd be a hell of a brawl. 
it it would be it 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 would be very similar to a never open weight fight. Absolutely, <clears throat> I could see that being the title that they're yeah. fighting for. Um, but I'm gonna have to go with bias and choose Jacob Fatu because that dude is awesome. If he can find, he's a if he can find where the event's taking place. Because I'm pretty sure that he does not know what technology is at all. <laughs> yeah, but he's a good man, though. Yes. Uh, there aren't many people that could take Prime Scott Norton. Really? There's not many. Uh, but, I mean, like, I, I, I would be going with Bias, too, if I picked Jacob Fatu. I'm going to have to just based on where he's at currently, but Scott Norton is one of the greatest performers of all time. Especially and I am NWO for life. For life. So, uh, pick fought too, but always represent Scott Norton and the NWO. Um, so before I give my pick, I think Scott Norton is one of those guys. Don't forget, his nickname was Flash, Scott Flash Norton. Yeah. So he he's one of the, at least what I can remember, one of the first real agile big guys. Yeah, yeah it was like um, him, him, Bam Bam, and Vader. Really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think he doesn't get his credit if you compare him to Bam Bam and Vader. Right. And I think part of that probably is because, at least stateside, everybody really knows him as a B player in the NWO. Yeah. He was no slouch. Right. But and 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 also when you're comparing him to Bam Bam Invader, you're comparing him to Bam Bam Invader. You, sure. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, their gimmicks and the way they presented themselves and the way they looked would get them over now. Yeah. And yeah. Scott Norton was just I'm putting on a singlet. I think Scott and... Norton, I think today I could totally see Scott Norton being with Silas and 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 Josh Woods. Yeah, or on yeah. Bloodsport or, you know, <clears throat> Japan. and uh, Yeah, I mean, there's, there's more. Today, wrestler wrestlers are more um, common. Common, but I'd say celebrated. And more celebrated, because, yeah. like, you you always hear people say that about Silas. It's like, oh, he's old school. And you hear people say that about, even MJF, you you hear people say, oh, he's, he's old school heel. And I feel like that's the role that Scott would find himself in if he were around today. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to go with Jacob just based off of, he's even more agile than, uh, Scott Norton in the ring. And like, like his moonsault for a big guy is so crisp. Yeah. Yeah. And like you you, you can't argue with, with heritage. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you guys check out the uh Yokozuna WWE doc? I I started to watch it, I have to finish it. I, I started it right after the rumble, but I did that post show with our boy Sid and I haven't got back around to finishing it yet. 
I did highly recommend it. Yeah, I did watch the Pat Patterson, and I'm hearing one. nothing but good things about Pat Patterson and the Yokozuna one. The Pat Patterson one was great. I need to check out the Pat Patterson one, but definitely the Yokozuna one. Alrighty, so the next one is a Four Corners tag team match. We have the Hart Foundation of Bret Hart and Jim Anvil Nyhart versus FTR versus the Brain Busters versus the North. I feel like we're making a Ring of Honor card because we already had a pure title and now we've got a Four Corners survival going. <laughs> um, I think the order of elimination would be I think FTR takes out the Brain Busters first in a <gasps> moment definitely a gas moment that's their mentor um, then you have um, the Heart Foundation take out the North and it comes down to FTR and the Heart Foundation and uh which honestly just give me that any day right <laughs> and on a fuck <laughs> uh are you gonna go against your uh your a1 <laughs> yeah <laughs> ftr finds a way to beat the heart foundation really yeah i think maybe the anvil Tries this to, man tries loves to, Bret Hart like the South loves Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe, you know, Anvil tries to do one of those uh, three-point stance runs at Dax on the outside and hits the ring post. Yeah. And then inside, Cash is in the sharpshooter. But then Dax comes in and, you know, maybe does like a short... A short uh, DDT to Bret Hart, and then him and Cash set up for the uh, do the uh, big rig. I don't know, uh, but Jim Neidhart would be the X factor there. Like he would be the one to screw to to screw up and set the initial decline for the Hart Foundation. Um, anybody else? I'm going to bring a little bit of humor to this. I think we see the North get eliminated first. And then it gets down to... I'd say it probably does get down to FTR and the Heart Foundation. But FTR took out the North. So what happens? Out from under the ring, the Karate Man emerges. And destroys FTR. And the Heart Foundation gets the win. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. Like as soon, when you said humor, I knew exactly what you were gonna say. I was like, I mean, who in this is funny? You know who I'm gonna pick. <laughs> uh, I, I want to see. I want to see Arn Spinebuster all to for all six people before any elimination happens, though. <laughs> or like he gets everybody but then right whenever he goes for Dax fucking Ethan Page just turns him around and slaps him in the face or something yeah like, he, like just ruins cause it. he would he would right you know, Ethan uh, if you guys had to predict where do you think he's going to be honest with you he has a uh, 
while he was in Evolve, he was uh, he's had a feud. He had a huge feud and a alignment with Johnny Gargano. Uh, so I would not be surprised if he ended up in NXT. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he had an alliance with Gargano. We could see him join the way. Yeah, or feud with him. Or feud um, with him. But uh, you know, I could see him anywhere he lands is good. You know? Yeah. Um, he's not like one of those people that I would say, no, he shouldn't go here. Oh, I could see him here. I could see him anywhere, and, and I could see any company benefiting. He's a very adaptable talent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what, what you got, John? Oh, I just um, yeah, I'm picking uh. No, I mean, where do you, where do you think Ethan would? Oh, would where is he going? At? Yeah, NXT makes sense. Um, however, I could I could also totally see him uh, staying with staying within the AEW Impact New Japan Strong trifecta that's going on right now. You know where I could see him. Because we got the Good Brothers bouncing between all those places, and they're tight. Because we got the Takashi Mania stuff. Yeah. So I could see him staying with them. I could see him possibly signing with NWA once once they start. Back. Maybe even Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor's on the up and up now. Yeah, but that's the one place that I I, I can't really see him be. Really? Yeah. It's weird. I I I think I could see him in contention for the pure title. Ethan Page. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Brandon, who you got winning this match? Uh, hard to go against the Hart Foundation. Yeah, it, it is really, It is hard. <laughs> Not sure how they exactly win, but, I mean, we got the excellence of execution in the match. So, he'll find a way to win somehow. You know that it involves Jim Neidhart beating the shit out of everyone and Bret Hart using a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all. That's all you need to know. Well, there's a heart attack. Their finisher was the heart attack, man. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm... you got you you got Brett with the sharpshooter on, and Jim Neidhart's running interference, keeping everybody away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody jumps on the on the sides of the four corners, and he's just like pouncing them off the ropes, while laughing, Brett has laughing maniacally the whole time. Yeah, while well, Brett has, <laughs> I'll say Brett has Tully in the uh, sharpshooter. I was gonna say Tully too. Why are y'all shitting on Tully? <laughs> Cause, cause I don't know why. I just picked Tully. Because his name's Tully. That's why. Tully. <laughs> Tully Blanchard! Tully Blanchard! <laughs> so then, next on the card, we have Thunder Rosa versus Medusa. Uh, this is a hard one for me. I actually put some thought into it before the show. <laughs> uh... Thunder Rosa got the MMA background and everything, but Medusa beat Bull Nakano, okay? Yeah. Medusa is the original bad bitch. I'm going with Medusa if we're talking about Prime Medusa versus Prime Rosa. Sorry, but Medusa. Do you know Do you know what Medusa has that Thunder Rosa doesn't? Uh, green card. I guarantee Thunder Rosa has at least a visa. But I was saying... I don't know. I'm just joking. She's probably yeah. born in, in, like, Arizona or Texas or some shit. She's, I don't Whatever know. Whatever Thunder Rosa does to Medusa, nothing can beat a monster truck. 
Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> See, does that's she still drive those? I don't know if she still does. Um, but I know when I was a kid, that's what I knew her as. I never even knew her as a wrestler. When I was introduced to Medusa, she was a Monster Jam driver. But I was born after you, so that that's why. But you also uh, got some of that hillbilly blood in you. A little bit, yeah. But yeah, man. She's uh, though. But I don't know, man. Thunder Rosa held that NWA Women's Title for a long time. I don't give a shit. Medusa went on Monday Nitro and threw the Women's Championship from WWE in the garbage. You're right. That makes her a good wrestler. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna twist your tits. She was she was an amazing she's an amazing wrestler. Uh but man, I I'm having a hard time picking anybody against Thunder Rosa right now. Then pick Thunder Rosa. I'm gonna go Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa? Okay. Um I'll go Thunder Rosa, but I I wanna say this about Medisa. When you think about it, mid nineties, she was killing it and she didn't really have a whole lot of competition like like there is regarding female wrestlers now. So, if Medusa was in her prime right now, top top five active wrestlers, you think? I think, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe top ten. But yeah, she'd be up there. People would definitely be talking about her, like. She the the thing that they have with Charlotte and Rhea, uh, you know she she would be in that in that bubble, you know. All right. So what's the what's the top female wrestler right now you would have loved to see Prime Medusa go against? Probably Charlotte. I I'd say Charlotte. If I had to get two women in their prime to wrestle each other, it'd be Medusa and Paige. Okay. That'd be good. That would be good. I agree with that. That's why we're here for these fantasy bookings for stuff Mm. like this. Brings up good conversation. Um, Next, we have Haiku versus Walter. Alright, so now everybody knows. We called Scott Norton and Jacob Fatu a never open white match. God damn. Yeah, this would be. <laughs> we might see death in this match. Haku <laughs> is the toughest man outside of the ring in all of wrestling history. If you ever listen to any old timers talk about Haku. Yep. Dude bit somebody's nose off, pulled a knife. I don't remember. He's, he, he was a badass, straight up. But if we're talking about a wrestling match, Walter will be too much for Haku to handle. Uh, Haku had a great, great selling. He, he was great. Uh, he was great athletically uh, whenever he was in WWE. When he was in WCW, he was more of a brawler and a big, strong guy. Um, I mean, he wouldn't get, it it would be a good back and forth battle, but Walter has mm, a lot in his arsenal to combat Haku's small arsenal. 
Um, so I'm going with Voltar. I think a large portion of this match would be Knife Edge Chop City. Like, we would see... You got the Mongolian Chop versus just the fucking bear claw that Walter has. But, um... <clears throat> I don't remember. Was Haku a big guy? Was he tall? In WCW, he was. In WCW, he was. In WCW, he was presented bigger. But whenever Walter... he was younger and in WWE, he was presented smaller because his tag partner was Andre the fucking giant. Yeah. I think in reality, I, I don't think... I don't think Tomatonga or Tongaloa are much bigger than he was. Or, or than he is. Well, they're, they're adopted. They're adopted. His Hikuleo real son, Hikuleo, is, his, is okay. the birth son. Well, that, that threw everything I said out the window. Because Hikuleo was built like a goddamn Empire State Building. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Walter is a massive human being, though. Yeah, and I just think he has more in in in, the, in his pocket than than Haku does. He's got submissions and suplexes and all yeah. that stuff. Walter's dangerous. Mm -hmm. When you watched the Haku match, it was a Mongolian chop, super kick, and the, the tongue and death, death grip. Yeah, but at the at at the time that he was big, that's all you needed. Right. Everybody was Hulk Hogan or Bret Hart right, or right. Haku. Like it. Um, uh, but yeah. But. Um, yeah, I think Walter, just based on like the range and the pure size and strength. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh -oh. Just for comparison's sake, Haku is listed. He's billed at 6'1. Which I kind of find hard to believe. And Walter is billed at 6'4", which it must be some camera angles that make him appear a little bit taller. That's true. Yeah, well, and, and also, on, on NXT UK, a lot of those guys are really small. Not, like, like skinny, like, they're just, like, a lot of them are wide and short. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not just that, but like you know, since since the UFC got big, uh, I think Vince McMahon and the entire wrestling business has opened its eyes to okay, middleweights and cruiserweights and welterweights and all the featherweights. They're headlining major shows yeah. for UFC. Maybe we give these guys a chance on our shows and see how it works. Which is fine, because that's how you get Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Yeah. That's how you get Walter versus Tyler Bayer, Pete Dunne. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. Gonna have to go with Walter. Okay. Yeah, I got Walter, too. He's just, uh, like I said, Walter's He's a Walter. dangerous guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it took me a while to get into the Walter hype, but, uh, once I did, I was like, yeah, he's he's definitely a force to reckon with. He's a freak of nature as far as I'm concerned. He's a, he's the Austrian murder baby. I mean, anyone with the theme song that he has, you got you better watch out for. <laughs> I mean, motherfucker's huge, comes out to classical music, 
any wrestler that has classical music is usually just like a murderer. <laughs> All right, so next we have Edge versus Kenny Omega. Oh, let me tell you. We do love pitting Canadians against each other. We do. I love both these dudes. But I'm going to tell you right now how it's going to end. Edge is going to go for the spear, and Omega is going to hit that V-trigger. Yep. And after that V-trigger, he's going to hit the one-winged angel. He'll try the one-winged angel earlier in the match. Edge will drop down and hit the execution. Or edge, right? That's yeah. The, mm-hmm. um, but at, after that final V-trigger off the spear, it's lights out for Edge. Uh there'd be a lot of really good spots in this match though um like the one i just said about dropping off the one wing seeing somebody seeing somebody counter the spear with a knee strike would be terrifying especially when it's them two because he does this in my opinion edge does the spear the best and Kenny Omega hits the best knee. Yeah, and especially those two because Edge with the neck. <laughs> like, what if he just cracked him in the forehead and he just started bleeding? Yeah, that's true too. And then like, then he just just like, boom. But especially if we're talking Prime Edge, and I don't think Edge now is far away from Prime Edge to begin with. Um, I agree. Current Omega Prime Edge, I think, could go to a 60-minute draw. I do, too. Because they're both really smart. Like, you got the ultimate opportunist. I mean, Edge invented this move. (laughs) In my opinion. (laughs) But then, but but Omega is, you know, he's a schemer as well. Especially if Omega has Don Callis out there, Edge needs to have Christian out there. 100%. Because Don Callis will get involved. 100%. Right. Or he could have Lita there and she doesn't her Karan on Don Callis ringside. Oh, please. Please. Give me anyone (laughs) beating up Don Callis. (laughs) Man, I like Don Callis. I like oh, yeah, Don, he's a smart guy. I, I like Don Callis. I don't like Don Callis. I like Don Callis. I don't like you. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of how I feel about you. Like, yeah, no, I know. Like, uh, this this whole thing with the Bucks and the Good Brothers is rubbing me the wrong way. Yeah, I don't understand what the fuck's going on. Like, they're cool with the Good Brothers seemingly, but not the Invisible Hand. Right. <clears throat> but then the good brothers do something to try and help like really shitty. Bucks. And Bucks don't But like it's it. in like an underhanded way. Bucks are like, oh, we know you're heels, but you're our friends. But we're not going to be heels. So how can we maintain a friendship? You can't smizz whiz on TV. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, ooh. So yeah, I'm... That that's my official that's my official prediction. This is a sixty minute draw. Okay. So then we'll need a rematch at another 
Now the card is what you're telling me. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. With, with a with a big stipulation. All right. Give okay. me the Edge Omega trifecta, like like Omega Okada. Give me all three, at least forty minutes each. <laughs> okay. Um. So, I'm gonna go bias here. I'm gonna go Edge. Um. It's it's hard to go against the rated R superstar. And I think his mid two thousands hair run is highly underrated. For sure. Um to yeah. this day. Um Omega, I honestly didn't know much about him. Like I, I heard of Kenny Omega and like I seen clips in there here and there, but I really didn't know much about him until AEW started. Um That's how so, I was when, before um the first New Japan show I watched was Wrestle Kingdom Nine, thanks to Jeff Jarrett and uh Global Force Force Wrestling. Wrestling. And I had been on the internet for a while, so I was like, who's this Kenny Omega guy I keep hearing about? And then I watched it, and I watched Kenny Omega's entrance and said, oh, oh, okay, I'm a mark. Okay, I'm a mark. But yeah. So I do side question based on earlier conversation. What do you guys think the end game is with uh, the Impact AEW? Like, when I was watching the main event Wednesday night until Kenta showed up, I was just thinking to myself, like, they're kind of spinning in circles now. Like, it's they're really not saying what the goal is. Uh, I think, I think, um, first it's off, funny I think everything, um, there's a lot of moving parts. And, yeah. And, you know, you got... You got Tama Tonga saying his stuff and Jay White saying his stuff. And then you have Omega and Callis and the Good Brothers. And then you have the Young Bucks. And then uh, now you have Moxley and Kenta. And now, you know, there's a lot of moving parts right now. So it's hard to say where things are going. I know what I want the end game to be. But I cannot answer your question, Brandon, because me and Sid are doing a fantasy booking the week of AW Revolution about this very subject. Okay, that's fair. Nice plug. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll say, in one fell swoop, the ending of Dynamite made me care way more about Kenta and Moxley than Omega and the Bucks. Because when Kenta showed up, I was like, okay, bring in everybody. Give me Suzuki. Give me the Tongans. Give me Jay White. Give me Evil. Like, give me Orange Cassidy versus Haruma Takahashi yesterday. Give me give Orange me- Cassidy versus Suzuki like I was supposed to see at spring break. Yes. Also, the dream match, Orange and Yono. Right. <laughs> John Silver versus Hiromu. John Silver versus Yono that would too. be incredible. But I mean, like, I think the situation itself is amazing. Yeah. I think uh, Kenny Omega uh, said that he wanted to change the world. Um, and Slowly is, but surely, everything AEW's doing is holding true to that statement. Yeah. Um, if, if they could actually do this uh, and, and find a way for all of these companies to work together, Okada even said... A month ago, yeah, he wanted to have a super show with AAA and 
AEW and everybody else. Soon as crowds come back, give me that supercar in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I mean, they all should just team up and help each other and use each other's resources because with with AEW uh, actually becoming like the second biggest promotion, because everyone always wanted to say, well, what's the second biggest promotion now? There was never a second biggest promotion after WCW died. Sorry, ROH. Sorry, TNA. You were never, you were never near WWE. You weren't even on the radar. AEW has the money and the platform to be that. And if they have working relationships with all these other companies, that's not good for WWE. No, it's not. And I've said this before, but in my opinion, if WWE was willing to, they could be part of this and it could be amazing. The mixture of the rosters could be incredible. It could be the birth of a truly unified pro wrestling world. And it will never happen because of the way WWE operates. It's because of egos and money. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, if we could see the cross-promotion of AEW, WWE, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, AAA, the wrestling world truly coming together would be awesome. Yeah. So, based off our conversation, I just had another question for you guys. Do you think everything is going to... Their plan is to draw everything out as much as possible until we can safely have fans back in attendance and then they'll really let the floodgates open with the cross promotions. I think if they were intelligent, yes. Um, I think I think part of the story will end or be the beginning of the end uh, at next Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah. I mean, before the pandemic hit, we were supposed to get that blood and guts like War Games match. Yeah. Once it comes back and we have all this stuff going on, I mean, imagine the possibilities of what we could see. Because I'll tell you what, man. Talking about crowds... And needing the crowds to come back. If the Edge and Christian hug in the Royal Rumble happened in front of a live crowd, we wouldn't have eardrums anymore. <laughs> we wouldn't have, like for real. <laughs> All right, what's next? Next on the card, one that was very hard for me, uh, Mr. Perfect versus Daniel Bryan. Two of my top ten. Favorite wrestlers of all time. Yeah. Mr. Perfect is underrated as fuck. Yes, he is. He was one of the best technical wrestlers ever. He was an amazing seller. Also, one of the most charismatic wrestlers ever. That too. Um, On the microphone, in the ring, everything. His matches, with his chemistry that he had with Bret Hart was off the charts. Anytime they wrestled each other, it was watching magic. Um, but Perfect's a heel and Perfect's a good seller 
Daniel Bryan has an award named after him for the most technical rep, the best technical wrestler. Granted, in the past few years, he hasn't won his own award. It's gone to Zack Sabre Jr. But it's named after him. Like I was talking about with Haku and Walter, I feel like when it comes to counter wrestling and when it comes to having more in the arsenal, as they, as I said, um, I'm going to have to pick the American Dragon, Daniel Bryan. Okay. Yeah, and... Uh, I might also have to pick Daniel Bryan, but I think it would be much more... Um, more so than Daniel Bryan just outright beating Mr. Perfect. Absolutely. It would be a passing of the torch. Right. But, like, there... The one match that Perfect had with Bret Hart, he went to do like the the leg drop to the crotch to Hart. Yeah. And as he was coming down, Hart caught him and turned it into a sharpshooter. Right? Mm-hmm. It was incredible. Some kind of shit like that would happen with Daniel Bryan and Perfect. It wouldn't be like, oh, he hits the knee strike and it's over. Or he 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 locks on the the the, the yes lock like without any problems and taps them out. It's going to be some yeah, and type I think, of... Yeah, like you're saying, it, it, it would be an, an epic sequence that would come after like like near fall after near fall, like boom, 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 and then just this crazy submission Like maybe sequence. you have perfect, hit the perfect <clears throat> plex, and right like whenever they're counting two... Daniel Bryan just like, somehow forces him over and puts on the cattle mutilation or some shit. Yeah. That would be fucking sick. Yeah. I gotta go with Mr. Perfect. Just somehow, perfect. some way, Daniel tries a submission move and he is able to turn it into the perfect plex for the shocking win. Um, yeah, a shock win for Mr. Perfect would also be money. Yeah, for sure. Especially if it was like one of those crazy short matches that's happened to Daniel Bryan before. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. if if it was like the Sheamus match, like just boom, perfect flex, one, two, three, it's over, and leave that crowd just mouths agape. Or like, like Bryan runs at him and, and <laughs> perfect has like a loaded boot and just lifts up his leg and <laughs> that's it. Takes him out. But I mean, like. This card is like how we feel about New Japan shows. I I could care less who wins. Who wins? I, yeah. I just want to see these matches. These matches would leave me in happy regardless of who won. Leave you fulfilled for the night. But with that, I do believe it is time for the main event. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, and for the what main a main event, event it is. We have Okada versus Randy Orton. If this match ever happened, and both men put everything that they had into it, it would go down as the greatest wrestling match ever. 
And you definitely, you couldn't put a time limit on it. No. No way. Both of these men are methodical. Both of these men have psychology. Both Ooh. of these men have finesse. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. I got you. Okada. Rainmaker pose. Picks up Orton. Has the, the arm wrapped around. Pulls him out. Pulls him in for the Rainmaker. But no. Randy spins around. RKO. One, two, three. Yes, but no. All that happens, 2.9, Okada throws his arm up. Yeah. Orton's getting ready to set up for the kick, the punt. And everyone's like, oh my god, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And Okada just like Okada, pops up out of nowhere. Okada just goes like this. Oh, dodges the punt. Yeah. Fucking hits a, a short arm rainmaker. Brings him up, hits another rainmaker, brings him up, says some shit in Japanese right to Orton's <laughs> face, and just just rainmaker, rainmaker, rainmaker pin. <laughs> that's you got Okada. I think that's how one of the Omega matches ended, right? Probably with like three rainmakers, Something and then like Omega that. was just like too fucked, too fucked. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like the whole match would be amazing. But, um, I, I, I guess also, I'm going Okada. I think... Just because, just because Okada is younger. Don't... Doesn't Okada and Orton both use the Hangman's DDT? I think so. I think so, too. So, that... Both of those would have to happen at some point in the match. Yeah. Like, one gets it first and the other gives them the re receipt for it. Right, right. Because I believe they both use the Hangman's DDT. Right. Um, so, so John you took Orton Tim you took Okada yeah okay uh, I probably should have threw this in should we go with current Randy or are we looking at mid 2000s to 2010s Randy That's I, don't, I, I don't think it matters I don't think it matters but if we're if, if we're pulling what's the term pulling hairs strings Hair? No, splitting there's... hairs. Yeah, if we're splitting hairs, I think current apex predator Randy Orton. Okay. Uh, all right. So that was the first armbar suplex supercard. Unless you guys, I have a list. I can throw one more in there if you want. Uh. Okay. We, so we have the time dark for one match. More. Yeah. yeah. Dark yeah. match. What's the dark match, Brandon? Or the pre. Let's go with da, 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 da. Tess versus Lance Archer. Tess versus Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Yeah, I'd have to pick Lance Archer as well. Tess is underrated. and Very uh, much so. It's sad that he died early. But Lance Archer does not get his just due either. And Lance Archer is more talented. Than test. Okay. Alright, give you guys that. So, that wraps it up for the Armbar Suplexes Supercard of 2021. 
Next year, we'll have a, a bigger one, a better one. It's going to be the greatest show on earth. Maybe we'll do another supercard this year. Who knows? I mean, I, I got lineups. You just let me know. <laughs> if you enjoyed the fantasy booking here, let us know in the comments. If you have some of you, some fantasy matches you would love to see, let us know in the comments. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Wherever you are, whether it is morning, noon, or night, you have a great one. Peace, love to all of you. Brandon, bring now, it in. Traditionally, Brandon, you would bring in a two-sweet. Okay. Bang! Bang!